And hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. With me today, I have independent comic book writer and artist, Quentin Bennett. Say hello to everybody. Hello, everyone. Quentin Bennett here from Severe Comics. And it's good having you back, man. It's been a while since uh, yeah. you've actually done one of these with me. Last time we did what? We did uh, Secret of Nim, I believe. Yeah, yeah that, that was our last one, Secret of Nim. <laughs> so what have you been up to uh, at Severe Comics? Well, I've been working on many projects right now, and pretty soon I'll be done with the last two pages of Panther issue ten, and and when that's finally be released, I'll be able to send out a volume, paperback volumes for that. Okay, and tonight we're actually going to be doing Marvel uh, villains versus DC villains. Don't worry if you guys don't know any of the villains that we're going to be talking about or anything like that. We'll glue you into the bio of those characters and what they look like and all that other uh, good uh, geekiness that we have from uh, from us as well. Super geekiness. Then of course, yes. <laughs> and then of course, you know, another thing too is this: uh, we're also going to be talking about what villains we would like to actually see in the DCEU or into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So we're going to be talking about that, breaking all that down. I hope you guys stick around because we're going to have a great show tonight. So with further ado, let's go on ahead and get on with it. <laughs> so <laughs> my question is this. Did you see The Suicide Squad? I thought that was a pretty decent movie for what it was. James Gunn did a really good job with it and things like that. What did you think of it, man? That's what I want to know. I think it was a wonderful movie. He pretty much captured on captured some new incense to to the to the DC universe when it comes to villains. Not I definitely only, I definitely agree with you there. Only he chose the spotlight on villains that that never get the spotlight, even in the comic books. I would say, like the polka dot man, for example. Right. And Bloodsport <laughs> and the rat catcher. But of course, they made some changes. You you gotta understand that between when it comes to movies and and comics, there's always be a difference between them two. Exactly, and you know, I definitely like Ratchcatcher too. I definitely liked her backstory, her origin story, and then also too seeing Starro, which is like an unknown villain in the DC universe when it comes down to movies and stuff like that. That's yeah. right. That's like straight out of the box. I'm thinking, he, right? Actually, he is the most important villain in in almost every comic book history, besides if you count Mister Mind from Shazam, right? Because <clears throat> because Star Wars was the very first very first villain that that created the Justice Society, Justice League of America. That's right. He, he sure did. I remember that uh, now that you're uh, talking about it. Another thing, though, too, is when we look at the DCEU and we see the Marvel Cinematic Universe as far as their villains go and things like that, we see where some of the villains for the Marvel Cinematic Universe is very one note. Some of them don't have that many layers to those characters um, and stuff yeah. like that. And in the comics, it's so much well-grounded because you have several yeah. issues to get to. With a two and a half hour movie, sometimes it's actually hard to get to that level, you know. But I feel like this, though, right? Um, I feel like 
if they went on ahead and gave those characters layers that they needed to, like for instance, we got the introduction to the villain in the Guardians of the Galaxy one, mm-hmm. with, and I feel like the villain in that was like very one note. I feel like that yes. they could have done a better job with the execution of that, especially of someone of color being a villain and everything. I feel like they could have brought a lot more to that character. Yeah, I I do I do notice that a lot when it comes to. DC and Marvel villains. The when it comes to DC villains, a lot of them, a lot of them, you kind of, kind of known them. You know that there's history with that with that character. At the most part, there's personality. There's you know you know that they're evil, and and sometimes you know that they used to be good at some points, like Two Face or or so so on. With uh, with Marvel, almost I'm probably say maybe ninety five percent of the villains that they showed so far, there's been one note, hardly any personality, no, no, no background, no nothing. Just I'm evil. <laughs> the only one that I can say that they gave background to <laughs> was this. I feel like they gave background. Uh, to, uh, of course, you know, Thanos. I feel like they did that. They did that, setting that up very well in their cinematic universe. I also feel like they did a good job when it came down to the villain by Michael B. Jordan's character and everything, which would be um, Killmonger. Yeah. I thought he did a fantastic job in that movie with the different layers of that character. Tom Hiddleston as Loki and everything is yeah. great, oh. of course. But when you look at for instance, with Ghost, where yeah. uh, with Ant Man and the Wasp, I'm like, really? What's the motivation behind this? Well, like, I get the fact that here's the thing: I get the fact that Lawrence Fishburne is the main bad guy, and you pissed him off. Yeah. But at the same time, though, you're getting this computer hacker woman to dress up like a ghost and hack different systems. But there's here's the thing: I like Ghost whenever she, this whenever the character was in the comics. Yeah. In the MCU, uh, I was expecting more of a menacing character, and I was very disappointed at what I got. Yeah, I understand that part. It's mostly because... Mostly because a lot of the DC villains that they they have, they don't know what to do with them at the times. But Thanos, they kind of had the idea, but you kind of notice in the beginning of the first Avengers... You pretty much see that you were going to get the the Thanos straight from the comics, if you notice. Right, exactly. They, you know, to change them up a bit bit because uh, I don't know. I guess they were afraid to use the concept of, you know, the character death or or something. Like, I I don't know what's the what's the what you know what goes on in the background and the whole. You know the whole industry and everything. The development. Yeah. Well, you got plus. Plus, Death was a little bit more of a Deadpool character, so they might have had an issue with Fox at the time. That's true too. Another thing, though, too, is when you look at the DCEU villains, though, like you have Joker, you have Penguin, you have Riddler, and not only that, but we already know about those bad guys. Oh yeah. But Clayface is one of my other favorite villains when it comes down to DC movies and stuff like that. Yeah. And that's one character that I wish they would actually introduce. Cause I feel like you can do a lot with Clayface 
because he's an actor. He wants to be known yeah. in the acting world. Then all of a sudden he gets corrupted and has this whole entire deal where now he's faced with this um this clay kind of face now, yeah. and basically that's what it, that's his curse. You know, and I that's something that I want to see from a DCEU movie. I want to see that darkness within somebody that was once good and then he winds up turning bad because of the fact that his own ego might have gotten the best of him and everything, and therefore yeah. karma came into the effect of it, causing him to have that clay face and everything, and that's what the cause and effect is. And that's what I would love to see in a DCU movie. Uh, another thing that I would like to see is maybe Mad Hatter in a DC movie, because we haven't yeah, had that suffering Gotham. That would be fun right there. See, when it comes to these type of things, some things would be a TV series and done right, and then then some things would be a movie done right. Because that, because I give I like I like the you know the Dark Knight trilogy and everything, but but it's not you know one hundred percent accurate, you know. No, no, because they're trying to do what's best for the TV. Wow. They're trying to do what's best for their universe that they're trying to set up. The job of the director is not to go according to the source material. His yeah. job is to make the universe that best fits in with what's on the pages yeah. versus what we want, which is basically what we see on the pages of the comic book. Yeah. And sometimes certain certain elements will not flow right according mm. to what's from the pages onto the screen sometimes, yeah. but that's the job of the director is to make the best movie possible or the best TV show possible that best works for your universe. Yeah. Sometimes it just doesn't flow right like you want it to or anything and sometimes it does but it just hap just depends on how much uh development things like that executives are being forced to make you do certain things that you don't want to do for that universe yeah green goblin is a good example about uh, that when it comes to the first spider-man movie ever played from sam wayne when william defoe was had a prosthetic mask on the i forgot who said said that I believe that one of the tops said it was too scary for kids, so they decided to go with a Power Ranger helmet instead. <laughs> right, and I'm like, uh-uh. Like you saw, one of you us saw that mask, have you? That prosthetic? Yeah, I saw the prosthetic mask, and I, that would have been awesome to have. Yeah, it looks great. You, they, they were able to saw all the emotions of everything on that. It was, it was terrific. Exactly, but no, I don't think that that mask would have been scary for anybody. Come on, for crying out loud, we had <laughs> the Joker on Batman 1989. That was yeah. dark for that day. We had uh, Penguin and Batman Returns, which is d really scary if you think about it. You have uh, someone that is underneath the sword, for crying out loud, and abducting children. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, oh, that's not scary, but... <laughs> <laughs> Let's go on ahead. Put a it's green William goblin. <laughs> right. It's William Defoe. We're just gonna go on ahead, put a helmet over that mug, and that's that's what we're gonna do. <laughs> it's like Defoe, yeah. Here you go. <laughs> right. <laughs> but you know, even the get this though, but also yeah. too, I remember back in the nineties when it came down to the Batman Returns uh figures from McDonald's. Yeah, people were saying that those were too scary for kids. 
I don't know if you remember that or not. Uh, I'm no, I don't. As I think about it, no, I, I don't remember it. No. Yeah, they were actually saying the McDonald's Happy Meals <laughs> were too scary for kids, but here I am playing with my penguin action figure and everything, enjoying my nuggets, enjoying my soda, playing with the penguin, my penguin action figure. I wasn't scared of jack crap. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, That's you know. scary, man. Now leave me alone. I'm not gonna play with my aliens vs. predators action figures, right. or my Scott McFarlane uh, action figures from uh, Spawn. Let me go in and play with those too yeah. while I'm at it. You know, but yeah, <laughs> leave me alone. Leave me. It doesn't make any sense though. It really doesn't. And then no. that's why we got the horrible movie Batman Forever. Why oh, they were yeah. trying to make it more campy and having the glow lights and all that stuff was because of the fact that they said that 1989's Batman was too scary for kids. Yeah. That was I went a, and saw that and I loved it. <laughs> right. But well, they know of good movies. <laughs> exactly. But going back on what you said about the foe though, you know, I feel yeah. like that, that would have actually brought more authenticness to his character to yeah, see the range. He look and, yeah, he got that. Exactly. He just has that look. Heck, he can even play the joke if he wanted to, which he had a chance to one, one or the other a long time ago. But he could still be. And here's the thing. I think that he could still be Joker. Yeah. I would be. love to see him as Joker. Because don't forget, they're doing all these other stuff, right? Yeah. We have... Uh, the Flashpoint movie that's coming out and everything. Yeah, just because we see Michael Keaton coming back and it's an older Batman or whatever yeah. and stuff like that doesn't mean that there's not another universe within that universe to where we could have something like that. Indeed. You know? Yeah. Hey, Brandy. <laughs> hey, Kendrick. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Good. But I think that there's always room to have William Defoe probably to play the Joker and stuff like that. Yeah. I don't see anything wrong with it, to be honest with you. Um, I love Walking Phoenix as like an Elseworld Joker. Yeah. I thought that was good. Well, you always have to consider the fact that, that there, there are a lot of people that is getting getting overcooked by the Joker now. Same with Batman True. and Superman and spider-man and all that stuff people just well, want different and that's why it's that's why some folks are getting excited with something new like uh Sazam and i mean there was a little hype about Sazam. it didn't get you know the, the respect it needed but it happened and people were happy right it's so underrated if you think about it but here's the thing i love the aspect of kazam yeah you know of Shazam, of Shazam, not Kazam. Bad movie, uh, Shazam. <laughs> I like the, uh, I like the concept of Shazam. To be honest yeah. with you, because it has right. Yeah, now you're getting the uh, new, the new movie called Black Adam, the Shazam's arch enemy. Right. Which is which is kind of great. Now we just yeah. have to hope they don't screw up on the other villains and Shazam. I'm hope not because I feel like they got the introduction to Shazam right. Yeah, they did, and they got the they got the comedy flavor to it of big mixed in with the DCEU type of flavor type of movie, mm -hmm. and then you have the Wayne the Rock Johnson playing Black Adam. 
That is that, and not only that, but Dwayne the Rock Johnson has been campaigning for this character ever since he was announced. Ever so since, with him being passionate about since, it, I'm excited. Ever since, ever since he was a kid, he was promoting it. <laughs> you see, you saw that picture of him when he was young. He had it says him a Black Adams T-shirt. Yeah, I did. I, I remember seeing that. To be honest with you, it's just crazy now. It's now <laughs> reality. <laughs> Um, he's gonna beat me up on these days. <laughs> trust me, he might actually try to beat me up and everything right now. So, but this is so worth it. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I think that another couple of hero uh, super, super villains that I would like to see is maybe Calendar Man from the DC Universe what and you, stuff like that. You saw him in in Suicide Squad. He was in yeah for a little bit, but I yeah. want to see more. You know, yeah. I want to. I want to see more of that, to be honest with you. And then there's also rumors, I think, that they are going to be doing an Arkham TV show, TV series, which would be great. Yeah. To be honest with you. But I would like to, I would love to see like inside Arkham, seeing all the crazy stuff that they do to these villains and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but my question is this with underrated uh, supervillains, what underrated supervillain would you want to have in there that nobody's even heard of or even thought of? It can be from Marvel or DC and everything, or it can be both. But that's something that I've want, been wondering about is like, if you could pick two villains for each of the for two of those comic books, who would you pick? Oh boy, let's see. When it comes to villains, I would probably say. Oh man, what was it? Oh man, you got you got me off guard on this. Got <laughs> to think a little bit here. With a with a Spider Man, even even with any yeah, you can do Spider Man. Yeah, Spider Man's you can also do a Spider Man villain. It's just villains in general. What villain would yeah. you like to see from either side? To be honest with you, one one villain I would li like to see actually on film would be. <laughs> see, see, Mister Big Wheel, just one time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and so explain you know, to the audience who that villain is. Moment. <laughs> because he, because he's a very important character too. How, he how is he important though? And on uh, Daredevil, which I think I think Daredevil needs more needs. More villains, in my opinion. Because Besides Kingpin, it's always Kingpin <laughs> a bullseye. That's a problem with Daredevil. Even though, even though they might show a little, little villain here and there, but it's always go back to Kingpin and bullseye. And then, and he and he did have a lot of good villains back in the day. Like See, uh, I actually. Gladiator would have been a good one. Now explain to the audience who Gladiator is, because some people may not have even heard of Gladiator. Well, if you if you would have read the or saw the Netflix TV series, the guy that designed designed Daredevil's suit and Kingpin suits, that's Gladiator. Gladiator, right there. His last name was Porter, if I remember correctly. 
I'm just going by the top yeah. of my head. So, so sorry, everyone, if, if, I, if I get some things mixed up here. <laughs> and, um, okay. but, he had, you know, he has another... a great design to him and everything. He, he's like a big time clothes designer that turns crazy. here for me i would like to see a better version of shocker because we didn't really get to see a better version of him with mickey rourke i feel like yeah. mickey rourke was the biggest problem out of spider-man 2 because i like to erase that image from my from my brain don't get me wrong i like mickey rourke in some of the other movies like the wrestler and a couple of other films that he was actually making comebacks on when Wait, it came down, and I was excited, Mickey, you know, that he was thinking what the was he in the Rhino in Spider Man 2? Oh, am I? No, that was Paul oh. Giamatti. That okay. was, uh, <laughs> oh no, no, he's gonna kick my butt. <laughs> well, Paul Giamatti is not even that big of a dude, he's about my height, <laughs> so about my height, too. <laughs> don't get me. But yeah, Paul Giamatti played Rhino, and we're gonna get to that in a yeah. little bit because that is what you call underutilizing your actor, yeah, that was. I don't think he should have been. I don't think he should have played the Rhino. In my opinion, he's a good well, actor. In he's opinion, a great actor. Yeah. In my opinion, he should have played Scorpion. Uh, I don't know. I mean, no. I like who they chose a Scorpion. To be honest with you. Well, yeah, I'm talking about at that time period. <laughs> okay, I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. But no, you see, if they, they would have gone with him as as a Scorpion in I say, I think I think if they would have just stuck with Scorpion in that movie, it would have been a lot better instead of just going with Electro at the time, because that's yeah, that's a little bit too overused. I mean, it, it was great they used Electro, but he should have been used for the next movie. Yeah, I can wanted, definitely see that. Want to build build things up at the time. But don't forget though, around two thousand one, two thousand two. There was no really any MCU at that time. They were just trying to figure things out because at that time, too, we have Marvel that was going into bankruptcy and everything, too. Therefore, that's why Sony got um, Spider-Man. Spider-Man characters. Right. Exactly. And that's why you have Fox that happened to own uh, own the X-Men at the time and stuff like that. And different Marvel properties went to other properties was because of that, you know? And, you know, now we have everything under one umbrella, just about all except Spider-Man himself. But, you know, it I is mean, what it is. And uh, I think there was another character that they... What was he? No, no, yeah, yeah, they got... They pretty much got them all together now, except for Spider-Man and Venom. Yeah, here's a... Well, they don't have the actual rights to Spider-Man yeah. or anything. Sony still has the rights. It's just that Sony's letting Disney play in their uh, sandbox yeah. and everything. But you know what, though? I'm actually excited that they have Morbius, the living vampire. Now, yeah, he, in was this... good, he was a good villain. Well, I guess you can say anti-villain. Right. Anti-villain. His motives is is right. Well, not yeah. exactly right, but his purpose <laughs> is right. But his motives are wrong, you know? Yeah. But 
I was excited when he was announced to be Andrew uh, Garfield's movie. Yeah. For the next Spider-Man movie. And then all of a sudden they changed it to where it wasn't going to be him. Yeah. And then at the very beginning, here's the thing, at the, on the trailer, it's very misleading on that trailer to that last yeah. Spider-Man movie with Andrew Garfield. It was supposed to be setting up Sinister Six where we have all these great villains and then it's not even there. The yeah. villains are not there. And then you're thinking that that scene where Paul Giamatti as Rhino was going to be at the beginning instead of yeah. ones that being at the end. And that's what I call poor... Gaslighting. Yeah. <laughs> because here's the thing, though. That's underutilizing your actor for number one. That's also wasting his time to be the Rhino when Rhino is supposed to be a big bad dude. And he goes, I'm the Rhino. And I'm like, no, 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 no. That suit do not even I feel like I was well, watching a I feel like I was watching an Iron Man. Well, that suit there. came from the Ultimate Editions of Spider-Man. Yeah. Which is totally different than the Amazing Spider-Man like universe. The launchers and everything. That's that's not Rhino. I'm sorry. No. Rhino is a guy in a little rhino suit. But you know I don't think that's little. But you know what I'm saying. But you know, I was excited excited at the casting of Paul Giamatti. Yeah. But once I saw what they did to him, and then also too, his suit is techie. Yeah. Which comes from the Ultimate Edition of Spider-Man, which I mentioned I before. Wouldn't, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind. Uh, I wouldn't mind that if they would have actually made, you know, as it went with with that like Iron Man suit type of way, just have him just stuck in it. You know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know what you're saying. But, because... yeah. Hold on one sec. We actually have a comment. <laughs> the reason why Mickey Rourke's face is scarred is because he was... Yeah, I, I know he was in boxing for a while. Then he was also had a drug problem at one point or another, which also let him yeah, go he into... Had a, he had a lot of plastic surgery. When he... Yeah. Was Mickey Rourke, Mickey Rourke uh, backlash was... Uh... Was a good choice for a villain for that for Iron Man Two. It was just I don't know the what direction. They, yeah, the direction of that went wrong because I remember when I first saw the trailer and seeing Mickey Ward come out as the as Backlash. It was I was I was getting like I was excited. Then I saw the movie and I was like, okay, so it's going like this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I felt. I'm like, and I, was, I feel like I was being suffocated in the movie theater. I was and like then, this. I'm, like, I had my popcorn, right? Yeah. And then I had my soda. I was all happy. And then make it work. I'm like, <laughs> I was in the, I, like this with the popcorn. Let's just say I was questioning my life decisions at that point in time because the dialogue that they chose <laughs> for him. And the dis in the direction that they yeah. went in for his character. What he's saying too. Right. I don't even think. I don't even think. I don't think questions came and understand what he's saying either. I actually had guess. Get this. I watched Iron Man two not too long ago, and I never used closed captioning. Yeah. Except for when I'm watching Bane, and yes, Kedrick, when I'm watching Bane on The Dark Knight Rises, I watch it with closed captions. <laughs> it's not my fault that they decided to muffle Bane's voice to the point where you can't understand it. Yeah. Then there's also Mickey Rourke. 
where I have to use closed caption for him. Yeah, what's bad? Mickey Walk is a great actor too. So, so that's why that's why I was so disappointed because because he because he was like in the high highlight of his career at that time. Yeah, because he was making huge comebacks, right? Yeah. He was making. He made the wrestler. He smashed that. I loved him in the wrestler. Yeah. He made a couple of other movies, independent small films, and then he came back up. It was like the return of him. And then, of course, he was in uh, SummerSlam, uh, WWE. Don't forget Sin City. In Sin City, yeah, Sin City yeah. one and two, I think, right? Or was it just Sin, yeah, Sin City I one? Think he was just had like a little cameo in that one. Okay, uh, because I haven't seen Sin City two. I only seen City Sin City one. I yeah. was excited to see Sin City 2 up until uh, I saw one of my friends complaining about it. I'm like, yeah, I think I might skip this and watch something well, else. I yeah, I, I haven't really saw that one either. I keep forgetting that, that I, it exists. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you, though. Not one bit for that, if that's the case, if that movie's that bad. Um, so here's the thing. Uh, before we going ahead and dive right on in. This is also another thing too that I want to mention here is the fact that I got a chance to interview a, an independent author. His name is John H. Mudgett. And he has a book out called Cra uh, Crazy Is As Crazy Does, A Life of a Serial Killer. And I love the concept that John H. Mudgett does. And this is not comic book related or anything like that. It's just that I, pr I promised to push his uh, book out on this episode and stuff like that so right. basically he's a serial killer in the 1950s and 1955 he winds up going pretty much he winds up going ar around different states and he winds up meeting like ted bundy he winds up meeting <laughs> uh the lead singer from the doors and things like that in 1955 so it has some historical stuff going on in it while there's some fictional stuff happening as well. And it also gives you a first person perspective into the serial killer, into the mind of John Goodman. And that's actually the name of the character is John Goodman, <laughs> not the actor. No, not, <laughs> not the actor. <laughs> Anyone but John Goodman. Right. He's a but, national treasure. <laughs> <laughs> but still, if you want to go on ahead and get his book, it's on Amazon right now. You can click the link below for that. But I just want to plug that in real quick. So yeah, now, that, yeah, get that book. Why don't Why don't Halloween? It's a good time to get it. <laughs> perfect now. for Halloween. Yeah, perfect for Halloween and everything. And matter of fact, he's supposed to be giving sending me over a book and everything because I'm very interested in it. In it, especially with That's the first person perspective. Be. Yeah. Oh, so he can have <laughs> no, he sure can't. <laughs> so let's go on ahead. Let's get back on to on, on with this uh, episode real quick. All so, right. so another thing though with the DC villain. Now let's move on to the DC villains a little bit. We focused yeah. in on the Marvel villains, but for underrated uh, DC villains, I like the fact that what Shazam did was this they used villains that we haven't seen before or heard of before they're pulling stuff from like the 1940s 1950s comics yeah versus something in the present day which keeps everything new and fresh which is something mm -hmm. i do appreciate that they're doing you know oh yes 
I'm just I'm just very surprised when when it comes to when it comes to DC villains versus Marvel villains. Back in the day, back in the day, you, you don't really get much sympathy when for the villains unless you unless you read you know Marvel comics, of course. I think only sympathy only sympathy you have with 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 uh with some DC villains back in the day was Lex Luthor hair loss. <laughs> Definitely. Another thing that I want to mention is this too. I want to. Here's the thing. I know that Joe Maganello was going to play Getstroke at one time to face up I, against Ben Affleck's character. Yeah. But I want I wanted that movie to happen so badly because if you look at the height for the both of them, that would that's like a UFC match. That's like watching a UFC match, pay-per-view match, where you have two actors that are both kind of the same height. Would just one of them might have a little bit more of a reach than the other one. And I wanted to see a Batman versus Deathstroke movie since it was announced and everything that they were going to do a uh, Batman movie. Ben Affleck was going to be the one to direct it and write it, and Joe Maganello was actually attached to play Deathstroke. And it breaks my heart that after this stupid Joss Whedon's Justice League movie that came out, all that came tumbling down because of that. Yeah. And it's, you know, but what did you think about the idea of that? I think it would have been great, especially, and right now it would have been a good time to do it now, especially with, with all these new characters popping out from thanks to James Gunn and everything. Can you imagine that? Just have this big old death match that Batman had to deal with Deathstroke, Deadshot, Bloodsport, Peacemaker, and, and so on. That would be awesome to see, to be honest with you. It wouldn't be yeah. oversaturated if they do it right. Yeah. But I think it would, would make out. a great it would make a great Arkham movie, to be honest with you. It's there's people like old, uh, you know there's a big old bounty on his head. That's what I would like to see, like a bounty on Batman's head. Was they kind of did in a in a Batman game called Arkham Origin? Yeah, they did. But they did. But I didn't feel they feel they went all in on it in the game. Like no, it's here's the difference. There's a difference between a video game and yeah, movie. watching a two and a half hour movie. I feel like if they went on ahead to like an Arkham Origins live action movie and have that kind of aspect to it. I would love to see that, to be honest with you. Yeah, because because there is a lot of lot of mercenary characters in in the DC universe. I think there's a lot more mercenary characters in DC than there is Marvel, in my opinion. Yeah, because if you look at mer mercenaries, you have Frank Castle, uh, uh, Dead Bullseye, well, Assassin or Antihero. I guess he does be in an anti-hero type of devil because he he doesn't he doesn't you know get any profits from it or anything. No, that's true. In order for you to be a, okay, so basically you would actually have to count bullseye. Yeah, bullseye. Um, Craven the Hunter can be considered yeah at times. Yeah. And uh, let's see. I'm trying trying to thank you. You see what I mean? I mean, when it comes to mercenaries, it's a lot harder to think of mercenaries in 
in the in Marvel than than DC. Right. Well, there's oh. a Winter Soldier. There's a Black Widow. She works in mercenary sometimes. Mm. That's mostly heroes, though, too. Yeah. yeah, they don't really consider much. Well, there's Cross, Crossbone. Yeah, there's Crossbone and Taskmaster. Forgot about them. And uh, Deadpool. Well, he's considered a hero. Right. Too. Right. So, see what I mean? Not- it's hard. <laughs> My other. What do you think of Baron Von's uh, Strucker movie? Baron Strucker? Well, I couldn't hear you, Mama Dave. You kind of locked oh. out on me. I said, what do you think of a Baron Von Strucker Strucker movie? I think that would work great. Especially, especially he's supposed to be the assistant to, to, to Red Skull and everything. I mean, it can work work out quite well if they if they play the cards right. But you have to see him see him start as the start as a young young Hydra soldier, and see him build up in the ranks. Plus, I was a little disappointed I, when they killed him off. True, because, because he was a huge threat in the Marvel universe, just like Vesco. There's also another thing, though, too, that I wish that they would have done with the DCEU is do what they I want. You know how Justice League, uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League ended? Yeah. I want to see Injustice. I want to see a Justice League Injustice movie. Were they going to do an animated movie of that? I don't want animated. I want. I know, I know. know. But, But, you know. This is what we're going to get for. And unfortunately, <laughs> we just have to live with it for the moment. He's quitting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's the truth. <laughs> the truth hurts. This reminds me of the time when my parents told me there was no such thing as Santa. <laughs> so I was like, okay, so there's these. I'm, 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 I'm abusing you the same level as your parents. <laughs> <laughs> right, because I'm like, okay, well, there's the Easter Bunny, and then they told me, nope, there's no such thing as Easter Bunny. And I'm like, my life was a lie. So at least, at least, at least they told you that. My dad told me that he ate the Easter Bunny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you need lots of psychology after that one. <laughs> I'm like, where, where's the eggs? I ate him. <laughs> <laughs> but what about Belasco? Yeah, That's another know. villain. Belasco is actually another villain that I find interesting, though. There's a, yeah, hmm. I mean, I mean, there is a. I do, I do have to admit now, Marvel is having more issues with, uh, with, 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 with their villains than DC is now. Especially when they're coming up with new ones. If you ever notice. Like uh, so are you talking? Are you talking about with the one division series and stuff like that? I'm building it up. I mean, or I mean, are like you talking about whole? If you ever, if you ever pay attention, you see, like, I haven't picked up any new Marvel comics in a while, and that's not my yeah. fault though, because of the fact that my comic book store closed, and I was a yeah. subscriber there. So now I have nowhere else to go to get my comics or anything like that. 
So now I'm like behind on everything that that comes out now. Yeah, I, I usually try to keep keep updated on what goes on on thanks to Google. You know, to tell tells you what goes, what's what's new going on in the universe. Everything. Every once in a while, I might buy me a comic book or something like that. But but you know, I always have my hands full now with my with my comics. <laughs> right. But, but like. But. Uh, but with the and uh, Steve Ditko was complaining about this one time, one time or another. When when it comes to villains, he he doesn't like the idea that that you use existing characters to turn into villains all the time. Because true, it, because it kind of kind of takes away an element. So he wants to have like a little bit of motivation behind the character in order for him to be a villain. And if there's yeah. no motivation there, then there's actually no point of even making this character be a villain. Yeah, because uh, Steve Ditko, if I if I remember right, Steve Ditko didn't want uh, Norman Osborn being the villain because uh, because he doesn't like the idea that doesn't like the idea that all villain that all villains and and the heroes don't know each other personally. Okay, time. so he wants a little bit of a mystery element, though, too. Yeah. too. Which, is, which, is, which is understandable. It's very understandable. Because if you look at the many new villains from DC, especially now, like a, like the new Punchline, Joker's new psychic. Yeah, I, I heard about her. And, uh, I just never uh, read any of the comics, though, when she yeah. was introduced. But how was that, though? How when they introduced her? It was from from what I read about. It, she she made a quite a quite a hit and everything. Had a good motivation. She was a she was held hostage at a young age, and she was like enhammered with him. Like turned obsessed and everything like that, and uh, almost like a big fan girl in a way. <laughs> okay, so basically, oh, I'm a fan of your work. I'm obsessed with you. So, yeah. yeah okay, I gotcha. You see, I think that the Belasco, the character I was talking about, it will be perfect because of the fact that okay. In case anybody doesn't know, he's a black sorcerer who once ruled Limbo, the dimension where Elena Reston's uh, mutant teleportation brings her as a halfway point between destinations. He also tra uh, trained Alana in the art of black magic and took her in as an apprentice. She eventually rebuilt and defeated him. So yeah. I think that would be a good way to bring in Zatanna. Mm-hmm. And everything, and have two magical beings, um, magical beings facing off against each other. Yeah, and everything well, because, well. because here's the thing: we haven't seen a Zatanna movie. I mean, I've heard rumblings before that they wanted to do a Zatanna movie, and then it just disappeared. It it disappears into ash, just like the end yeah. of Marvel, uh, the end of uh, Infinity War. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah, it, it happens a lot. Like, like, like you're supposed to go one way, then it just disappears. 
I know there was like talks about Plastic Man movie and and everything like that. It just goes one way, then just disappears. Yeah, and then we don't get anything else from that. And then, of course, I want to see Lobo. I want to see a Lobo live action Lobo movie so bad. Yeah, too bad Jason Momoa would have played a good Lobo. <laughs> but Reigns, his cousin, Roman Reigns. Yeah, Roman would be perfect for Lobo. Hmm. I think to be honest to each other. Yeah, they're kin in some way. I forgot how they're uh, related. I believe, but. That would have been perfect, to be honest with you. I know that his cancer came back a couple of years ago. Yeah, I, uh, think, I think he's killed from it for the moment. I, oh, okay, because I remember it came back. Yeah, he came back in wrestling just a while ago. Okay, but yeah, that would, he would be perfect as Lobo. <laughs> and the only way to kill Lobo is to throw him into the sun. I say, I say he would just come straight back because heaven and hell don't want him. <laughs> So but, issue with that. <laughs> right. But here's the thing. I think that, and not only that, but I remember too, Michael Bay was attached to direct a Lobo movie uh, and well, stuff like that. It might I'm like, work. no. No. I mean, it might work if, because all, all, it, all it is with Lobo is just all about drugs, sex, <laughs> and hot babe. Well, <laughs> well, <laughs> No, I think that here's the thing. I think you can actually have Lear Solobo to be honest with you. To where, yeah, he is about that. He's about sex, drugs, and rock and roll pretty much. Yeah. That's his three things. He's the big bad and everything. But he's also is Batman. I know that him and Batman always have some type of beef with each other. Stuff well, like that. Human Superman, they had to be. Yeah, and Superman, too. yeah. But I would like to see. Here's the thing, though. I would love to see Superman, Man of Steel, face off against Lobo, Ooh. and have Henry Cavill face Ooh. off against him. Oh, thing of speaking of Superman villains, one thing I would really like to see in a Superman movie, not not just uh, like a like Brainiac or anything, because he's a well-known villain right now, and he's getting his popularity been boosting ever since uh, Injustice and Krypton TV show. But um, the uh, Superman villain Parasite I would like to see on big screen. Okay, tell me what Parasite is because I don't think I've heard of him. Uh, Parasite, Parasite is a villain that's able to uh, absorb life force and abilities from from other beings. And he's like constantly after Superman because he, because all he sees is just a big old battery boost. <laughs> he's able to transfer all, get all Superman memories and everything like that, and powers. So more he feeds on Superman, more powerful he becomes. Which means more unstoppable. But my question is this: Would he have the same weaknesses as Superman, or would that? Yeah, he he also gets the same weaknesses as Superman. Okay, I mean that's something else I was wondering about whenever you said that he absorbs his power, but does also give him his weakness though too? Yeah. And uh, and this is and this is something that's amazing. If you ever, if anyone ever seen uh, Justice League Unlimited, 
the Justice League had to fight fight Parasite, and he was collecting all the abilities from everybody. Like, basically everybody got got Plastic Man's... No, not Plastic Man. He, Elastic Man powers? And yeah. many others. He, he was, like, getting extremely powerful. And the next... Uh, Next, uh, Justice League villain I would like to see would be uh, Amazo. Amazo would have been a great villain, too. Anyone ever seen Amazo would know that. He's a, just a big old android that's that's able to copy every, every superpowers. That would be cool. I, I've but, never... Here's the thing. Amazo is actually a great villain, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um... Would you be able to tell some people about Amazo though, for people that don't know who Amazo is? Oh man, with Amazo, he's like a. If, let me try to remember this. Wasn't he the man? I might have to look at Wikipedia on this if I'm. It's okay. From Dev okay, well, I have an idea. While you do that, I'll talk about a couple of more of my villains that I'd like to see. Want to do that? Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I feel bad because I hate I hate when this happens to me. Like, like I would know it, but but it gets the information gets all closed up with the other information in my brain. It's okay, man. It's totally fine. I mean, if you don't remember anything, that's that's fine. Um. So another one that I was thinking of was Krona. Krona. He was actually from Green Lantern. Krona existed as a member oh, yeah. of a race of immortals at some point of in his history. Uh, Krona also created a map leading to a great source of power. This map was stolen from the Guardians' vaults, and the thieves would follow its instructions to find the orange light of Everest. And during that period, Krona pro uh, protested his fellow uh, multis contempt of emotions. They had chosen to become emotionless in preparation for their role as the guardians of the universe. Krona crypted a phototype gauntlet that used the green light of willpower. Oh yeah, that's right. Because here's the thing. We haven't had a Green Lantern movie since Ryan Reynolds was a part of that. A strong bad movie uh, with the giant mushroom cloud. But, <laughs> you know, okay. I would like to... Okay, I finally remember now. That's right. Okay, go ahead. Amazo, Amazo is an android that was created by, by an evil mad scientist, Professor Ivo. Obsessed... It's just with immortality and everything like that. And just one revenge on Superman and the Justice League. <laughs> Brandy said he must not be that big of a deal. Amazo <laughs> 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 is not so amazo. <laughs> uh, it's all right. It's all right. He's it's amazing to me. <laughs> <laughs> now you know how I felt when I wanted my movie. <laughs> 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 oh. oh man it don't feel so good does it i'm just kidding i'm kidding but you know <laughs> another thing 
though, too, that I want to mention one one time is this is uh, Green Lantern is great as a TV series. As a matter of fact, we're supposed to be getting a Green Lantern Green uh, Green Lantern TV series coming up on yeah. HBO Max. So if they're able to get it right, if they're able to tell a story. I could see them going into the lineup being on a bigger screen where it actually has yeah. some co uh, continuity within the smaller screen, which I'm okay with. Yeah. But if that's a way to actually introduce Krona, I'm sold on it because there's other films that we can actually capture within the galaxy and stuff like that of the Green Lantern Corps. Yeah, and stuff like that. Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I thought you would. No, 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 you're good. Yeah, it's something like Green Lantern and some. Some things are just best being a TV series than a than a movie because because something like Green Lantern you gotta you gotta that's a big like a humongous mythos right there you gotta gotta explore. It's like having Lord of the Rings in space. Basically, you have yeah, to have uh, Lord of the Rings in have, space right. mixed with a uh, mixed with cops. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> now, my question is this: Now, do you go the John Stewart route, or do you go with uh, the Ryan Reynolds character that we had, of course, um, which is Hal Jordan? Unfortunately, a lot of people don't really like Hal Jordan. No matter, I mean, he does have a fan base, but more people more more in tune with John Stewart than anything else nowadays. That's true, and you know what? Though I'm okay if they go with the John Stewart route. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Randy said, Randy Mullen says, some just need to be left alone. I Here's the thing. It depends on... Here's the thing. I understand I understand the oversaturation of the Joker. I really do. Like, there's other villains out there aside from the Joker that Batman can fight. It's just that they just want to waste our time kicking the Joker's ass over and over and over again yeah. to the point where it becomes repetitive. Yeah. And I mentioned this before. If they do a Clayface, they do uh, Batman, not not Batman, but what the uh, giant bat that they have on the. I forgot the <laughs> villain's name on that. Man but man. if they, yeah, that's it. Mm. If they wind up having villains that nobody really knows about, and they have to yeah. research those villains, they're okay. doing something right because it okay. gives new Polka people man to come in. An example of that because he's a Batman villain. No one didn't know right. who he was. Joker is a good guy. <laughs> He's just misunderstood. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> is that the line for every villain in life? <laughs> <laughs> he just had a very, very bad day, just like the character oh, in Falling Down with um, Michael Douglas. <laughs> oh yeah, we can we can all we can all know about a bad day, like Drake right. destroy having his whole family destroyed. <laughs> Joker loves the cat and mouse game. Yeah, he loves the cat and mouse game. But here's the thing. I believe they can do a Joker and Riddler movie and keep it fresh and new. Mm -hmm. And the way you do that is you get the Joker to play the puppeteer. Like he's the person operating this whole entire thing, right? So basically he hires the Riddler to do what he can't do, which is to try and kill Batman. So Riddler's like, yeah, I'll go on ahead and do that. And next thing you know it, he's putting all these... Like, think of this Batman movie that I'm talking about. Ba Batman meets Saw, but with Riddler style. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's what 
I think that they can do that something original where basically you have all these dangerous traps that Riddler has. Mm-hmm. And what you do is you put him in a position to where, like they did with the Dark Knight, where he has to choose between two people he cares about. And then you go ahead and you try to manipulate him even more. Like each section is yeah. a mul- multiple of <laughs> traps and stuff like that. Yeah, and Joker manipulates its pants and yeah. everything. <laughs> just... This is just the imagination that I have, though. I mean, yeah. I've always had this idea in my head of a perfect Riddler and Batman scenario <laughs> and have the Joker pulling the strings, but he's not in the actual movie. You have something leading up to like other Hatter. films. Right. Does that Matt Hatter just pop in there? Like, Ex- like Willem, Joker, and Matt Hatter just walking together. Yeah, because here's the thing: on Rebirth, they kind of played around with that idea just a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit, not too much. But no, not too much. But it was perfect, and my mind was just going a mile a minute because I feel like that would have been really great to see. And I do have to agree with uh, Brandy though too. Jim Carrey was the best Riddler. For that time period and everything, there's no denying what Jim yeah, Carrey did. Yeah, I did like I did like Jim Carrey's Riddler. I, the only problem I had with it was this was this uh, the costume changing like constantly. That one wouldn't stay the same. You see, I was okay with the costume changes. To be honest with you, well, I was. Yeah, it was just it was just bugging me. I mean, just just pick a style and be done with it. <laughs> You to me, the costume changes wasn't okay that... with, the, with the two split personality disorder. He he able to compromise. <laughs> <laughs> but you see, though, man, for me, th- that didn't bother me. Two Face, Tommy Lee Jones as Two Face bothered me more than the costume changes. Well, but the costume changes are a little small, minor thing. Yeah, he he didn't want to be in that movie. That's a problem. Well, he tried to compete with Jim Carrey. Yeah. You can see it. It's like, okay, Jim Car- Jim's taking the spotlight from me, so I got to be funny to match Jim's style. Well, he didn't. He didn't like Jim Carrey. Yeah, Tommy Lee Jones. I heard like in press junkets and stuff like that. Yeah. is very boring to talk to. Mm. <laughs> like one person said this to him. I'll never forget. I remember watching a press junket. Right. Yeah. And this one person asked him. He goes, how do you get yourself into the character of certain people that you play? He goes, I'm an actor. That's my job. (laughs) I'm like, at that time, I'd be like, well, Tommy, it was nice knowing you. Good luck in your movie. I'm out. (laughs) You know what's bad? That probably probably what I would say, too. (laughs) (laughs) I'm an actor. It's my job. (laughs) So how are you and Jim doing? (laughs) We're both actors. We're doing great. He aggravates <laughs> the hell out of me. Next question. <laughs> but, you know, I just never really cared for him as Two-Face. You can definitely tell, you know, yeah. that... You can definitely tell just, that there was nothing there. There was no chemistry between them two. Yeah, it was just... It just happened. But... Yep, but, it's like when... Ryan, <laughs> yep, exactly, Nessa. Exactly. And yes, Brandy Mullen. Yeah. Deuces. <laughs> Deuces. 
but I also heard this too about Harrison Ford, though. Harrison Ford's also another person to in, hard to interview, though, too. Why well, that? Because I, I think when it comes to these older actors, they really not not too keen of interviews like like the more newer more newer actors now. You no. know what I'm saying? These these actors have been around been around before their paparazzi ordeal. True. Now they're just like uh, Clint Eastwood uh, uh, on uh, Gran Torino, get off my lawn, kind of thing. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, look, I don't really have time. Look, it's time for me to take my blood pressure, pressure medicine, get my cholesterol medicine, I'm, and, I'm more, and call it I'm a more, day. What's sad about it? I'm more, <laughs> I hate to say it, but I'm more used to talking to those those type of people than, than, I, am, than I am talking to the, talking to people my age. Right. Grow up with a lot of folks. But you know, you know what's funny though is this. Like, I remember we're going off topic a little bit, but then we'll get back on topic for a minute. Yeah. But I remember when Shia LaBeouf and him were in the Indiana Jones movie, right? Yeah. Shia was spoiling the movie. What was it? Uh, well, not really spoiling it. He was just basically saying this movie's not any good, and you can hear. Harrison Ford's going, kid, we're supposed to be, we're supposed to be promoting the movie. <laughs> but anyways. I can see Harrison Ford, like, look at him like a disappointed father. Like, Don't forget the crazy pills. <laughs> no, if you're crazy and you know it, shake them up. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but I, mean, I, feel, I feel bad for Salah. Well, I don't feel bad for Salah, but he... He did all that stuff to himself. Well, he's now come up ever since that those videos of you can do it, those yeah. movies and stuff like that. But do you think that he could be anything within the DC universe for a villain or something like that? Uh, Sound above uh, as a villain. Hmm. Who would you cast Sh Shia as? Uh, that's a toughie. Hmm. Well, if I were to choose... Him as a villain, I, you have to think about his his body build and everything like that, his acting performance. I think he can play. Yeah, I think he can make a good hydro man. Okay, that's an interesting choice. As a as a, as a big jealous boyfriend. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> the parents say you don't want uh, your daughter to be going, don't want to be meeting your boyfriend. Okay. So, right. well, you see how he acts and everything. He's like, Duh. <laughs> but you know what, though? I would like to see we were if I was. <laughs> okay, let's, let's go ahead and do this real quick. Forget about Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor, right? Yeah. What about. Michael C., uh, what about the actor who plays Dexter? Yeah, he he would make a good Lex Luthor. But my opinion, and I think many others would like to see, oh, what, what, what was that guy's name? Uh, now his name escaped me. I feel, man, what's wrong with me? <laughs> John Cena. <laughs> Only thing with John Cena is nobody can see him. So it will be very hard for you to be able to watch Wouldn't that Wouldn't he movie. be playing Ghost then? But you know what, though? That might be the best performance that we ever gotten from an actor who was never there, who was there. <laughs> as, I, as I was saying, I was... Let me look him up real quick. Right. 
But to be honest with you, John Cena was, in my opinion, he was good in the new Suicide Squad movie. I thought he did a good job for what he did for Suicide Squad. Don't get me wrong. John Cena is not the best actor. I'll even own up to that. I never laughed at him in uh, Blockers. I never laughed at him in Trainwreck. But when it came down to him doing 100% dedication into that character for Suicide Squad, I was sold mm -hmm. on because of the fact that he wore that helmet on the red yeah. carpet. He was in. He was actually toned in with that character. Yeah, he, yeah, he actually loves that character, and I don't blame him. Peacemaker, Peacemaker is a very underrated anti-hero. Yeah, to be honest. Very underrated. <laughs> he was created created a time of Taunton comics, just like uh, Captain Adam, and many others. But but to be honest, it's pretty sad that a lot of these Charlton comic characters don't really get the love that they deserve. No, it, it really isn't because I feel like now we have better writing than we ever had before. Billy Zane, that's who I was. Billy Zane is what you're thinking of. Okay, Billy Zane is like Sleuther. Okay, he looks just like him. And well, when it comes down to actors that look like other characters, I'm like, okay, that's cool and everything. Well, he's a good but, actor, by the way. Okay. Billy Zane? Oh, Zane? Zane? Yeah, Billy Zane. Yeah. Okay. That might actually be a good fit. Billy Zane as Lex Luthor. But I could see Michael C. Hall being uh, <laughs> yeah. Lex Luthor because think of it like this. He already does that on Dexter where yeah. on the outside and the presence on the outside Mm -hmm. He has this really innocent looks to him where people can feed into him. Yeah. And then at night, he's a completely different person to the point where he actually shows his true colors, his true emotions. He's wearing yeah. a mask during the day. And then at nighttime and everything, that's when he goes out. He can, he can even play Norman Osborn, to be honest with you. That would be cool, though, too. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of villains that that have not been introduced in the on both sides, like a like a Silverman from Marvel Comics. Right. There's a, a lot of mafia characters too, and which I think I think that's a missing element in Spider-Man. Like the first movie should be about him fighting mafias, then oh. he puts his way up to actual supervillains. Uh, Nessa asked us this. What's your take on Margaret Robbie as Harley? Okay, so I love Margaret Robbie as Harley Quinn. And here's the thing. Birds of Prey, I didn't really care for Birds of Prey like I wanted to like Birds of Prey. But there was just something about Margaret Robbie's presence on the screen as Harley Quinn that makes you tune in to that character. And one of the things I said in my review on the audio only... Uh, version like two years ago or a year ago whenever I was first starting out I said the main problem with the Birds of Prey movie was the characterization of certain characters that weren't really yeah. built up and also too killing off the main villain when you could have actually used him for other films yeah but as far as Margaret Robbie's performance though she's glued into that character she's Harley Quinn yeah, no question yeah, about it yeah I, I believe I believe Robbie as a Actually, you know, understand the character very well. Mm -hmm. With the with the idea with Birds of Prey, there was a lot of issues in the background on that one. 
Yeah, a lot of the executives getting their hands. With the the executives, the directors, writers, like everyone was fighting it. You can like literally feel it. It was like watching Hellboy all over again. Yes, I can agree with that. And you know what, though? One thing I can say about DC and what they've done, and also, too, I want to get to this real quick, too, Nissa, and I'll get to your question in a minute, um, is this. I liked her in Suicide Squad, in the second Suicide Squad movie, especially with her doing those acrobatics and knowing that was her taking her foot and twisting it and then taking the lock of the key and picking it up with her foot and then unlocking it from above. That was impressive. That was very impressive. Um, Let's see here. Nessa says, Harley is the only one in Gotham City with a Brooklyn accent. How does that happen? (laughs) Well, think of it like this. And this is just (laughs) me speculating and everything. Just using my imagination. But I feel like Gotham is a very Gothic-style New York City. It's dark, gloomy, always raining. Never sees the sunshine in three days, as Kid Rock would say. <laughs> you know, and I feel like that's how she probably got her accent was because of the fact that it feels like Gotham City feels like the most New York to me. Even though Christopher Nolan decided to shoot in Philadelphia on his <laughs> on that movie, but it's every movie is built in Philadelphia, <laughs> right? But uh, so does yeah. Michigan actually feels like a. I'm gonna be honest with you, dude. What now? Watching Eminem's video now. This is what Nessa says. She goes. So does Michigan. Michigan does feel like an apocalyptic place to live at. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie because if you watch Eminem's video for uh, Beautiful, you see the background of all the businesses that used to be there, and how much of a global place it used to be. Yeah, it was the same thing with the. With uh, Detroit. Yeah, exactly. And now it's like an apocalyptic city. You could practically do The Walking Dead in Detroit and everything, sadly. (laughs) You know? (laughs) But, you know, um, I I just feel like with Harley and everything, I just feel like with her accent the way it is, it's the most New York accent, you're right. But I feel like, too, that... It's a character, too. Yeah, it's the character, and the and I feel like that's how her character is portrayed is the fact that you have Gotham City, what happens to be a dark place, rainy, very depressing, and that's also too how she also gets her accent though too is because of the fact that it has like a New York feel to it. Yeah, I, oh. I agree. With, I'll agree with you. 100% Sorry. On that one. <laughs> Sorry, Brandy, but I'm just giving a truthful thought about I see yeah. and everything. As I don't know what you're saying, Ouch, about if it was my thoughts on Michigan or if it was my thoughts on what I thought about the bloom and gloom of Gotham City or anything. Well, or, maybe, but, or maybe that's the Birds of Prey. <laughs> or the Birds of Prey movie. But Which I which I'd say Ouch, too, by the way. Right. <laughs> but you know what, though? One thing that I can say that they did right with Birds of Prey and also Suicide Squad. Yeah. They did some, and also too with Harley Quinn. They gave three of those female characters strong, very strong uh, female-led roles. And even with uh, Ratcatcher too. 
Yeah. We gave those characters range and emotion to where we can care about those characters, yeah. you know? And, you know, I feel like this, you know, we were able to have those characters. Those were the characters I feel like had a lot of characterization with them because we can relate to them. Yeah. You know, and Huntress was the one that I cared about the most on Birds of Prey, you know, and the same thing whenever we had Ratchet Catcher 2 on Suicide Squad and also when we also had Har have Harley Quinn, of course, you know, yeah, I, I like I like the idea that there's a history in the universe now because of because when Man of Steel came came around, that's it, like saying that's like the only super the first superhero that came out in like they never seen nothing crazy before, you know? Right. And I'm like, I'm like, oh come on, you can't do that. Then you saying saying this Batman around when you saying this Batman around, then that means there's crazy crap going on already. Exactly. And that's why I like to introduce not affect you that's bad. Right. And you see though, that's why I like the introduction to Man of Steel. Because it's our first introduction to an alien being on Earth and oh, yeah. what our first reaction would be. It would be like, oh, there's the super dude up in the sky. He's gonna well, go yeah, save alien, us today. Yes, but, and, but sure, I don't think I don't I don't think someone should be freaking out because <laughs> Right. Know, we have know that someone dressed up as a bat flying around. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's perfectly fine. It's objectively fine. A guy dressing up as a bat, that's that's perfectly fine. I'm fine with that. But an alien-like being, <laughs> I'm not okay with this. There's just something wrong with I think, it. I think what bugs me now, now that they introduced Starro to Conqueror, is that they that they know that there's alien life forms on other planets because they they say they found him in like in the '60s or something, '70s. Yeah, and they've been experimenting on him for that many years. Of the government already know that there's very powerful aliens out in space and everything right so that but that kind of kills it out there definitely that's a loophole but, <laughs> but anyways i think that's gonna do it for tonight though but you know what man we might actually do this again i had a great time <laughs> just us going yeah this has actually been a lot of fun to be honest with you this is our <laughs> yeah. second time we did it like a versus thing and we just let you know it's just having good conversation you know with yeah. friends um, <laughs> but my question is this where can people follow you at for your comics and things like that you can follow me in www.severecomics.com you can read all my comics for six dollars a year now that's right the six dollars a year you can read all my comics you can that's really not bad follow me on facebook too on severe comics Okay. And you also have a YouTube channel now, too, as well. Yeah, I just now started that just now. My hair's in my eyes. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> but I have to agree with Brandy before I do my tags. If I seen a dude flying, I would have to crap myself, too. Yep. Me, too. Me, too, Brandy. Me, too, Actually, as well. I'll be like, what is he eating? <laughs> <laughs> Why is he doing that? How much what did you do it? <laughs> dude, get, get some... <laughs> we got you have dry eyes. red eyes. Why do you have lasers coming out of your eyes? <laughs> dry, dry, clear eyes. <laughs> wow. 
But anyways, if you guys want to go on ahead, follow me at Movie Lovers TV Lovers Unite on Whoa. Facebook, and I'm gonna use the same name on Instagram and on Pinterest as well. Um, <laughs> hold on, this is what Nessa said too. Uh, Gabriel Iglesias puts it best when saying the, that Batman seems like a man in a white van with candy. Oh my god! <laughs> Are you sure you didn't get mixed up with Space Ghost? <laughs> I'm just wondering. Isn't that isn't that with almost every superhero back in, back in the boy? Gabriel Glazer, but I do agree. He, I do agree with Gabriel on that one. But anyways, like I said, if you guys want to follow me, just follow me on Movie Lovers TV Love Tonight on Facebook and on Instagram and on Pinterest underneath the same brand name. Also, too, uh, I partnered up with Tamra, and we're actually uh, doing a. Uh, a matter of fact, with St. Jude's Children's Hospital, we are actually doing a charity through Cincy's, and all the all the funds goes towards children up that have cancer and everything, and all the funds go towards them. So go ahead, donate a couple of dollars towards St. Jude's, and everything in the link below. Another thing too is go on ahead and give us a like, give us a share, smash that subscribe button, share this with everybody else, let everybody know about Movie Lovers Unite. Also too. You can get an audio-only podcast where you guys get your podcasts from, but I've just discovered this new app. And by the way, they're not paying me to say this or anything like that. But Good Pods is actually a great place if you love podcasts, if you like listening to podcasts, or if you're a podcaster yourself. Go on and check out Good Pods. Rate me on Good Pods. Give me a five-star rating. Tell me what you loved about our show. Tell me what you didn't like about our show. Not everything that we talk about is going to be for everybody, and I understand that. So go on ahead. Tell us what you think. Also, too, go on ahead and follow me on Twitter at Movie Lovers Unit over there. And tomorrow, uh, matter of fact, tomorrow night, I'm going to have Vernon Kelly from It Is What It Is podcast with me at 8 o'clock Central Time, 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock Pacific Time. We're going to be doing a Demolition Man review. And then... And then, of course, we're doing our Dexter Morgan after show on Thursday at 8 o'clock Central Time, 9 o'clock Eastern, and 6 o'clock Pacific Time. And it's called the Dark Pastor of Dexter Morgan after show. We're doing these after shows all the way up until the new season of Dexter. And then you get to enjoy us talking about the new season of Dexter. So season three, we're going to be talking about it as a whole at 8 o'clock Central Time, 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock Pacific Time over there. And then... On Friday, we have some other stuff probably going on. We haven't decided on what we're going to do just yet, but stay tuned for more details as uh, as we announce certain things out on our channel. So with that being said, guys, go on ahead, email us at movieloversunite at gmail.com if you're a sponsor or if you'd like to be on the show or anything like that. Go on ahead, email me. And always until next time, guys, it's been real. It's been fun. I can't wait to do this again. Thank you, Quentin, for uh, joining me as always. It's been a pleasure as always. And Thank you, everybody, for inside the live chat for tonight. Just joining us, having a conversation. It's been great. This this conversation on the comment chats and everything has been fire tonight. So thank you. And Nessa loves Joker. Yeah, she does. Why so serious? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So always until next time, guys. It's been fun. It's been a blast. I can't wait to do this again. And bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>